Homeschooling is all about tailoring your child's education to fit their needs, personality, and how they naturally feel comfortable learning. This is why it's so important for homeschooling parents to understand their child's learning styles and what homeschool methods best align with the manner in which they learn. In this episode, I will share some basic information to help you to determine what your child's learning style is, and then I'll provide an overview of the most common homeschool methodology. What's up, homeschoolers? In the past few episodes, I've discussed specifics of getting started with homeschooling. I've explained how vital it is to know your why. I've talked about the importance of understanding the homeschool laws for your state and how the Homeschool Legal Defense Association can help with that information and more. Then my co-hosts Tyra, Ms. Phyllis, and myself discuss the necessity of de-schooling and how it's a continual process. I pointed out that de-schooling also helps the parent to observe how their child naturally learns. When I say naturally, I mean when it's not compulsory or forced. Be sure to check these podcast episodes out if you haven't already. Now I want to go a little further and discuss learning styles and common homeschool methods. The information I share in this episode is not meant to be exhaustive, but to provide you with an overview that should help you in doing your research. I want to stress here that doing research when it comes to homeschooling is very important. Yes, we should consider what other people say who have experienced or done homeschooling, and we should listen to podcasts, we should listen to other people's experiences. However, we must do our own research to not only fact check, but doing our own research into homeschooling gives us a little more confidence. And it gives us a solid, firm foundation that's based on being informed and making informed decisions. So I encourage you to listen to this podcast, absorb the overview information, but then go and do your research for yourself. And then I'm going to, at the end of this episode, I'm going to provide you with some places to start your research. What do we mean when we say, a child's learning styles. What are the common learning styles? In general, there are seven basic learning styles or models for learning based on the educational theorist Neil Fleming. They are visual, kinesthetic, auditory, social, solitary, verbal, and logical. Now, while there are seven learning styles, I'm going to focus on three primary learning styles that many of us are familiar with and that will help us considerably when we're looking at homeschool methods. And those three primary learning styles are kinesthetic learners, auditory or aural learners, and visual learners. So I want to begin with kinesthetic learners because I feel as though many of our children have problems in traditional public schools because they are being forced to learn in a way that is not natural to them and is not helpful to them. In general, kinesthetic learners thrive with hands-on learning, moving around, labs, field trips, exhibits, things that allow them to explore, move, and work with their hands. In a public school setting where they're having to sit and do worksheets or sit for long extended periods of time, this can be difficult for a kinesthetic learner. They typically cannot sit still at a desk for long and they need frequent breaks when they learn. 
Then next, we have visual learners. And typically, uh, visual learners learn through viewing pictures, images, color-coded diagrams, maps, and charts. They learn primarily through observation. And they usually need more than just words in their learning. Let's say you have a textbook. A visual learner would likely need a textbook that has colors and images, charts, and diagrams that really enhance what they're reading. And then there are auditory learners. And auditory learners learn by listening. They thrive by listening to audio and they have a sharp ability for auditory recall. They learn through hearing, such as through music, song, mnemonic devices, rhymes, and poetry. They also do well with lectures, stories, podcasts, and discussions. Take a moment and think about your child. What type of learner are they? What type of learning style do they lean toward? Maybe your child is a blend of both an auditory and a visual learner. Maybe your child is primarily a kinesthetic learner like my son. So think about your child's learning and evaluate it. In my free ebook, Ready, Set, Homeschool, I actually have a questionnaire that you can complete that helps you to evaluate what type of learner your child is. And there are plenty of free quizzes online if you Google determining your child's learning style that can also help you to evaluate what kind of learner your child is. And it's important to have some idea of what kind of learner your child is because this targets what homeschooling method you choose. And eventually, it also targets whether or not you use curriculum. Maybe you create your own curriculum or maybe you don't use a curriculum at all. These things factor, your child's learning style factors into what homeschooling methodology you choose and also whether or not to use curriculum and what curriculum will best align with your child's learning style. Now, in this segment, I want to generally define some common homeschooling methods in order to start you on the first step of doing additional research on a particular method that is a good fit for your homeschool. So the first homeschool method is the traditional. And the traditional homeschooling method is, in my opinion, the closest method to public school at home. Traditional homeschoolers often have a boxed all-in-one curriculum that includes workbooks, teacher's editions, and assessments for all the subjects delineated by grade level. Some of the more popular traditional homeschool box curriculums like this are Abeka and Bob Jones. There may be some distance learning or video lessons available so that a homeschool parent doesn't have to teach and or grade everything from scratch, but it's very public schoolish otherwise. There are parents who decide to temporarily homeschool or they may want the option to smoothly transition their child back into public school for high school. And for those parents, a more traditional curriculum may make that future transition a little easier because this homeschool method is set up the closest to public school curriculum. That's not to say that other homeschool methods can't make the transition, but often when homeschoolers try to return to the public school classroom, the school district is looking to see how closely your homeschool aligns with public school standards. And they may also administer assessments that your child has to pass in order to receive credit for certain courses that you say that they've taken. 
The next homeschool method is a classical education method. This method involves a systematic approach to learning in which the acquisition of knowledge builds upon skills gained in the previous stage. There are three basic stages in classical education. There's the grammar stage, the didactic stage, and the rhetoric stage. The initial grammar stage involves the memorization of facts. The didactic stage analyzes the information learned at the grammar stage. And the information that has been analyzed in the didactic stage is applied at the rhetoric stage. Classical works of literature and the study of Latin are also hallmarks of the classical education method. So classical conversations is an entire classical education-based program that is discussed in more detail in a future podcast episode I do with veteran homeschool mom, Lisa Renee Clark. So be sure to look out for that upcoming episode if you're interested in the classical education homeschooling method. The next method is Charlotte Mason. This method uses living books It's based on um, a lady named Charlotte Mason who believed that children learn best through observation of the world around them, the instilling of values and good habits by their parents, and through the study of ideas and thoughts. And this method uses living books that are written in narrative form to engage children. In addition to reading living books written in narrative form, Charlotte Mason also encouraged narration which involves a child retelling what they've learned from a living book. This method encourages exploring nature through nature walks and nature studies, copy work where a child learns um, handwriting skills through copying, say, scripture or sentences. Short lessons for elementary age children are encouraged with Charlotte Mason and studying classics like Shakespeare and studying foreign languages. So this is the Charlotte Mason um, approach to homeschooling. And then we have unit studies. Unit studies is a topical studies-driven homeschool method. You choose a particular topic or concept to study, and you teach it across all of the subject areas. You have what is a book, like typically a living book that we call a spine, which is a main reference that can be referred back to. And then based on the theme or the topic, you plan different activities that teach about that topic or concept. These activities include notebooking, but also incorporate field trips, videos, science experiments, and other hands-on activities. So a good example of a unit study would be studying frogs. So with a unit study on frogs, the spine might be a comprehensive book about frogs. For English, you might have your child write a paragraph or sentences on frogs using proper tense and grammar that they correct and then draw a picture for. And then in science, they would study the life cycle of frogs and they would, you might go to a pond and maybe look at tadpoles and investigate that way or you might do a frog dissection for science. And then in social studies, you might study the different types of frogs that live in various regions of the world and the climate differences in those regions. For reading, you might read the children's book Frog and Toad are Friends by Arnold Lobel. And in math, you may use frog eggs or tadpoles to learn about multiplication. So you can see that in this unit study, frogs were the primary theme 
but it was taught across all of the core subjects. Now, a similar but slightly different homeschool method is known as project-based learning. Project-based learning is a student-led rather than parent-led homeschooling method. Unit studies are more parent-led because the parent is gathering the materials and the resources and kind of directing the child in the pursuit of that information. But in project-based learning, it's more student-led and the student is driving the direction in which the project goes. So project-based learning starts by asking a question that the student needs to solve. And this essential question is usually complex and it usually requires research and it can span disciplines as well. A project begins with some kind of introduction to a topic and a question that is asked. This question drives the project and requires critical thinking. For example, a nutrition project might ask, how does my body respond to food? Then a student will come up with a list of things they need in order to know the answer or to answer the question of how does my body respond to food. Um, a child may need to first assign food to food groups. They may have to determine how foods are digested and how they are used in the body based upon what the food consists of and how the body responds to the nutrients that are digested. But they will learn what they need to do and the direction that they need to go and the next steps based upon their own research. And then they will determine how they want to present what they learn and they can evaluate ways to improve or apply what they've learned. So the next homeschooling method is unschooling. Unschooling is a method that also relies on the child and emphasizes interest-based learning. There is no formal curriculum and your child is given the freedom to explore and discover their interests and then pursue those interests to whatever degree they choose. Interests that they have may turn into passions that they explore to a much greater depth than an interest that they are simply curious about, but not necessarily passionate about. In two upcoming podcast episodes, my guest co-host Tyra Hunter will share her experience as an unschooling parent, and Karima Akila, founder of the Genius School, will share how she has taken the principles of unschooling and applied it to the development of her school. So stay tuned to those episodes to learn more in depth about the unschooling method. And then also there's game schooling. Game schooling is another form of homeschool education that intentionally chooses games to teach various subjects. And again, I will be discussing game schooling with my co-host Tyra, who is a passionate game schooler in an upcoming podcast episode. So definitely stay tuned for that. And then we have Waldorf homeschooling. Waldorf homeschooling is based on the principles of Rudolf Steiner. The goal of Waldorf homeschooling is to educate the whole child, mind, body, and soul. This homeschool method places a strong emphasis on children's creativity and imagination, and it divides a child's development into three stages, early childhood education, elementary education, and secondary education, each stage being about seven years roughly. In the first stage, children learn through play. They use their creativity and their imagination. 
They do things like circle time and gardening, free play and art, and they use a lot of natural materials like crayons made from beeswax and simple wooden toys. There is an emphasis with Waldorf on exploring nature, storytelling and singing, handicrafts, and life skills. Formal education in Waldorf homeschooling begins at the elementary education phase, and learning is typically theme-based rather than just broken down into the different subject areas. Lessons also incorporate not just academics, but movement and art in ways that reinforce the academics taught. And then the final stage of Waldorf, the secondary years, begins around age 14, and it's where academics and individual subjects are emphasized. And this is also the stage where children are taught more abstract concepts. And then we have world schooling. World schooling is a method that involves travel and finding education from the real world. The world is a child's education. Now, world schooling involves children being exposed to different cultures, climates, different regions, and it's infused with a lot of travel. World schoolers can be unschoolers, but they can also be homeschoolers, meaning that some parents may homeschool their children as they travel, and some may unschool meaning they allow their children as they travel to pursue their own learning. And then finally, there is the eclectic homeschooler. And I am an eclectic homeschooler, which is a method that utilizes elements from each of the other models to educate children. Most homeschoolers use this homeschool method. I love eclectic homeschooling because I consider myself pretty resourceful. I pull from various sources. I like to do research when it comes to um, providing my children with um, differentiated learning and different learning experiences. And so I take a lot of different elements from the different homeschooling methods that I mentioned, and it's based around my kids' learning needs and our schedule. We are at the end of this episode. I hope that this overview of learning styles and homeschooling methods has been informative. Hopefully, the basics of these homeschooling methods will focus your research as you determine the best homeschooling method for your homeschool. Thanks for listening to A Heart for Homeschool podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave some positive feedback. I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at a heart for homeschool where you can see snapshots of my homeschool journey and connect with. Don't forget also to check out my website, www.aheartforhomeschool.com. And that four is the number four. At my website, you can access free resources, which include my free ebook, Ready, Set, Homeschool, that walks you through getting started with homeschooling. And as I mentioned earlier, also contains a questionnaire to help you to determine what your child's learning style is. Also, find A Heart for Homeschool on Pinterest. I have an entire board dedicated to homeschooling methods and articles based around the different homeschooling methods. This is a great place to start deeper research into the homeschooling methods discussed in this episode.